you, brought to you by Barely's House of Blues and Ribs in downtown Halifax. Some of the best calamari I've ever had. Oh, really? And the Key Review is your one-stop shop for everything Quebec Major Junior Hockey League and the unofficial podcast of the QMJHL. To my right, your left, is Theo Iatru, co-host. How's it going, Theo? It's going good. Um, busy week with school and uh, busy week with uh, this, but can't wait for this episode. Sean and... Uh, can't wait. Good stuff. Do you have my prop over there? Uh, what's the prop? Oh, so uh, I learned that uh, karma. Oh God. Karma is real. Yeah. Because as you guys know, last week we went on the rant about Officer Sean. I won't say last names because I think we did say the last. No, we're not gonna say it this time. Oh, we did. okay. So Sean, Sean kind of screwed my buddies. So I was driving today about two hundred meters away from the exit for school and. Uh, Officer Andrew pulled me over and said, sir, you were going too fast. Actually, his exact words were, you are beating me in a race, so I pulled you over. He was angry that I beat him in a race. So, well, he let me off easy, though. He was a good guy. He said, um, we'll let you off with disobeying road signs, which I think with speeding is 300 bucks, and then you lose your license for a bit, and then you also get demerit points off. So he just said, nah, we'll just give you the... At least just he was a good guy. Signs, yeah. At least he wasn't Sean. Tried to give him a business card and a sticker, kind of try to see if I could get out of the ticket, but didn't quite work. He was Scottish, and he said he didn't really like yeah. hockey, so that didn't really work. He said he followed rugby. So. Yeah, he said he followed yeah. rugby. So. Different sport. But next okay. time. Next time. Uh, now I'll know that's an out. We'll see if that works next time. But you do you have any crazy it. stories? Because I'm the one that's been... Yeah, you, you've you been having tons <laughs> of crazy stories. That's a bad I look, luck, I look like a loser with no... Uh, Stories, but uh, what else do I got on the go? Uh, not, not CC hockey tonight. Oh, there you exciting. go. Um, trying to make this team. I can't skate, so it'll be a lot of uh, chirping and trying to. What is it? Energy. Uh, be the energy guy. Fourth liner. That's all you need. Oh it's yeah, everyone needs one, man. Everybody needs one. It's just as important as everyone a first needs liner. a Kyle Clifford. Everyone <laughs> needs a. Can't think of any fourth liners in the Ryan. queue right now. Oh, oh, queue. Uh, yeah. Everyone needs a Sean Miller. Sean Miller. <laughs> I would say he's a fourth liner, though. I hope Sean hears that. Yeah. He'll probably, yeah, he'll give it to me. I didn't say it. He did. Oh, well. <laughs> anyway, let's get into it. CHL Top 10 Rankings. Quebec Remparts, no surprise here. Stay at number one. Halifax Moosehead stay at number three after getting points in the last 24 games. Uh, I think they're about four or five off from the Q record set by Sidney Crosby's Ramuski team, so that's pretty exciting time in Halifax. Not a Barnes deal. fill it up, man. man. I was there on Sunday, ten thousand fans. I was just, I was just about to say, like you can feel, you can feel, feel the, the buzz, the, feel the buzz, yeah. feel the buzz, which is good. Sherbrooke up to number six, Gatineau up to number eight, and Victoriaville honorable mention again. Uh, <laughs> I want to correct from last week. Uh, I said Nick Billado was the first defenseman in Sea Dogs history to score a hat trick. He was actually the first Sea Dogs rookie defenseman to uh, score a hat trick. But, was it Shabbat? Well, I mean, Shabbat didn't get one his rookie season then. So it's well, still, I'm not sure who the other yeah, ones were, but still impressive yeah. that, he, you know, it's not easy being a rookie. And Sean will tell you about that in his interview later. But a couple suspensions. Uh, Mathis Perron, one game for accumulation of codes. Basically, a big slap on the rest for the queue saying, Stop getting suspended. Stop getting suspended. Jesus. So, yeah, one game. Uh, Cam Henderson, Cape Breton Eagles. Uh, two games for checking to the head. I only laugh because I know Cam. <laughs> Makes sense. <That's laughs> Way to throw him under the bus. Anthony Hamill, one game uh, for being the aggressor. Mugged the Wildcats. I'm not quite sure what that term means, but 
I'm assuming he just got on someone's nerves and started a fight. But makes sense. Charles Boutin at Cape Breton, two games for boarding. Not nothing too crazy, but no, you know, five game suspensions for saying bad stuff. <laughs> like yeah. some we've seen earlier. Yeah, we've seen some pretty bad stuff lately. But it's okay. Uh, Scholastic Players of the Month for January, so this is basically the top students for each team. Dylan Andrews of Bathurst is on there. Uh, first overall pick, Thomas Lavoie. Uh, we also have Olivier Nadeau, who is just coming back from surgery. He's lighting it up with Gatineau right now. Brady Schultz of Halifax. We also have Julian Bayland of Ramuski. He was great. I watched him live. He's a great player. Huge forward. Just really... Really good with the puck for his size. So, two hundred foot player. Yeah, it's good to see. It's good to see some of these guys in the classroom. Kind of, you know, it's hard balancing both. I could not do that for sure. Uh, Shawinigan Lorenzo Kadanika. He was on the Swiss World Junior team, so he's impressing in the classroom. Uh, Nathan Bolt Duke is on there from Val d'Or, and Pierre Olivier Wa, the defenseman from Victoriaville. So, congrats to those guys. School's Shout obviously out. just as important as we've had to cancel episodes because of school before. Anyway, QMJHL Team of the Week, Sam Savoie, Gatineau Olympique, six points in two games, uh, five points against St. John, which is a career high, and an assist against Moncton. 49 points in 41 games this season with the Wagon Gatineau Olympique, who have won eight of their last ten. So. He's been unreal. Like I talked about this before. Like Some guys that played a midget and get drafted in the Q don't do so hot when they jump to that Q level, but he's been he's been there for yeah. a bit though. Yeah, I know, no, I'm just saying, but he was nasty in, in Moncton. And oh, with the Flyers. Yeah, with the Flyers, so uh, was he yeah. on that Telescop team? I think so. What what year was that? Well, I don't think he was actually a couple years ago. No, because they were away. I don't know, but we'll anyway. have to look. Maybe take a look. Yeah, he's been having a great year though. Uh, Jacob Rabonich, Sherbrooke Phoenix, uh, getting back from Czechia's World Junior team. He's lighting it up with Sherbrooke, his new team. Uh, six points in three games. Goal against the Ramparts. Four points against Bathurst, tying a career high. And a goal against the Rouen Naranda Huskies. And since coming back, or since coming to Sherbrooke, sorry, he has 13 points in eight games. Great pickup there by yeah. Sherbrooke. I think he was that missing center they needed. Factor, yeah. They had the their top center, Justin Gill, but I don't think they really had much depth past that. So that's a good pickup there. Maxime Massé. He's lighting it up as a 16-year-old rookie. Yeah. Five goals in three games, couple versus the Drakkar, and a hat-trick against the Cataracts, his first career one, and I'm sure first of many. 25 goals and 26 assists in 48 games. He's uh, leading, you know, you got, when you have the rookie scoring race, usually there's a couple 17, 18-year-olds in there, but Massey as a 16-year-old is kind of, you know, lighting it up. So. Oh, man. That's just, like Sean was mentioning, what you said before, like, it's hard. Well, Chikudumi's doing a lot better than I thought they were going to. Like, I I had them missing the playoffs, I think. It was them and them and Shawinigan. Yeah, so, and I mean, looking at the standings, I don't think they're that far out of, you know. Uh, yeah. We look here, Chikudumi, fourth in the East. That's not bad. So, and that's a, you know, <laughs> Halifax and Quebec are kind of. Like, they're, they're above uh, Moncton right now. They're tied for third. Well, in the yeah, conference. But still. So, yeah, Chikudumi and Massey is a big reason of that. They're yeah. really speeding up their rebuild. They had four first-round picks last year. So, yeah. they're speeding up their rebuild. They it's should be, to see. Yeah, they should be a wagon next year for sure. 
Uh, on D, you've got Veselad Komarov of the Remparts, three points in three games, a goal against Sherbrooke, and a goal against Blainville, and an assist against Mukden. And Freddie Brunet, I think this is the best pickup of the deadline. Bruins prospects, six points in two games, four points against Mukden, a couple of assists versus Valdor. And Brunet now leads all defensemen in points with 56. Pretty sure passing his teammate, Pierre Olivier-Wall. Pierre Olivier-Wall is also having a great year as well. Also named QMJHL Player of the Week. So congrats to Freddie and Oliver Shatney of the Eagles, 2-0-0 with a 9.64 save percentage and a one goal against average. 25 saves against Bathurst, 28 saves versus Charlottetown. And Shatney has won three straight starts. And I think he lost his last six or seven before that. So he's bouncing back. You know, like we said last week, the bottom, what is it? The bottom eight teams are separated by five points. Mm -hmm. So while they're close to last, every point kind of matters right now. How many games left in there? Well, they play. There's not that many. Well, there's fifth. Most of these teams have 50 games. So. I don't mean to fact check you. I was just. I want to say it's like. I think there's 12 games left. Yeah. So it'll be quite the race. It's going to come down to the wire. Yeah. Right now, if the playoffs started today, St. John and Bathurst would miss. Yeah. But yeah, Charlottetown's only one up on Bathurst. I think we expected that with Bathurst, though. Losing Kidney was probably. And Melanson was kind of too big. You had them high. I I did have them high, but I didn't (laughs) expect. Kenny and Melanson to go, so... Oh, I did. That's why I put the yeah. ball. Well, Gary, he's a smart guy. So. Now, well, <laughs> now, Theo, you get to talk about some weekday games. Let's do it. All right. So, January 31st, Cape Breton defeats T-Tan 2-1. Sam Johnson, I his seven. Terrific year. Yeah. That was yeah. a great pickup. He opens the scoring, and then in the third, he scores again with his 53, 53rd point of the season. And then Dylan Edwards, as we just mentioned... Uh, Dylan Andrews? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, scores the lone goal. Did I say Edwards? My bad. Uh, scores the lone goal for the T-10. Don't you know him? Don't you know him? <laughs> I, I played against him. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry for seeing this. I apologize. Uh, February 1st, Shawinigan defeats Drummondville 3-1. Um, Alexis Bonfant and Jacob Lafontaine both score in the first. And Felix Lachette um, pops one in the third for Shawinigan also. And... Mannix Landry scores the lone goal for Drummondville in the third on the power play, but doesn't seal the deal. Um, Gatineau defeats Moncton 3-2. Francesca LaPena, baby. First star with 33 um, saves, 35 shots. Cole Cormier for Gatineau gets them on the board, assisted by Colin Rett. Nathan Greener from Moncton ties the game up at one. And then Riley, Riley Kennedy and Cam McDonald score two unanswered to make it 3-1. Vincent LaBelle for the Cats. Scores to make it 3-2, but Catno closes the deal with the W. Uh, speaking of Vincent LaBelle and Frankie LaPena, both of them are going to U Ottawa next year with the GGs. You heard so it. that's confirmed off multiple sources. U Ottawa, man, that that's crazy. And Kaylin Gauthier, captain of the Sherbrooke Phoenix, is going to UQTR. What's that? What's They're the ones that won U Sports. The, that's who uh, Alex Gravel plays for. The right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Twelve yeah, Riviere yeah. pa- Patriots. French. That's yeah. what they are. Yeah. Patriots, whichever one it is. Um, so St. John defeats Valador five to four. St. John was three. It was up three nothing thanks to Eric Maltico, and he then scores again ten minutes later. 
then Noah Reinhardt also pops one in for the dogs, and then Vincent N. Fredette and David Doucette for Valador make it 3-2, and then Eric Matico gets his first QMJHL hat-trick with his 22 point of the season and makes it 4-2 for the dogs. Um, and then February 2nd, Islanders defeat Halifax 5-4 in a shootout. I was kind of watching highlights a bit earlier. This is kind of a crazy game. But Zach Theroux got two goals, and Jacob Pilar gets the third star uh, with 28 saves on 32 shots. And Michael Horth wins it uh, for the Islanders in a shootout with it. And Marcus Vidicek also had a crazy move in the shootout that I saw. Which uh, was friend of the show, Zach Theroux. Yeah, sorry. Friend of the show. My bad. Shout out Theroux. Um, and then Rouen defeats St. John 4-2. First star was Ben Grinnell. Gets first star for the Huskies with one goal, one assist. And then second star was Louis-Philippe Fontaine. Also for the Husky, gets one goal, one assist. And then third star was Oliver Boudreau. Save 44 of 48 shots for the Dogs. So the battle of the top Quebec teams. Quebec defeats Sherbrooke 5-4 in overtime. Zach Bolduc gets first star with one goal, one assist for Quebec. Veselov, Komarov. Also gets a second star for Quebec with one goal. And Oliver Olivier Adam saved 32, 37 of 42 shots for Sherbrooke. And then Friday, February 3rd, Ramuski defeats Cape Breton 4-0. Patrick Kamerla gets his fourth shutout of the season. And Halifax defeats the Islanders for revenge from last week, 4-2. Alex Duceppe gets two goals, which um, gets him first star. And second star was Marcus Fidicek with one goal. Dixon Grimes was the third star for the Islanders, saved 36 of 39 shots. He's the son of former coach John Grimes. There we go. Fun fact, I believe. Fact check that. Yeah, and check. then uh, Sherbrooke, 9-3 uh, win over Titan. Not naming all the goals here, because that's a shitload of goals. But uh, one thing that's important is Joey Henneberry got one goal of those three goals. Friend of the pod. There Friend you of go. the pod, Joey Henneberry. Uh, Jake Grimes, sorry. Uh, Jake was the former Cape Breton coach. He also coached quite a bit in the OHL. There you go. Uh, well, we better get into our interview guest. Um, Sean Miller will be coming on. Uh, Sean currently 15 points in 21 games with Dow. Uh, Dow is eliminated from playoff contention, so it's good of Sean to come on. And So let's take it right to Sean Miller of the Dow Tigers. <laughs> Very special guest coming on today on the Q Review from the Dalhousie Tigers men's hockey program. Please welcome Sean Miller. Sean, what's going on today, buddy? Oh, nothing, nothing much. Just uh, wasting away another day of school. So uh, excited, excited to have something a little bit different rather than uh, to be sitting on Microsoft Word all day. <laughs> That's what, what are you taking at school, Sean? I'm doing uh, business management and uh, majoring in leadership and organizations management. So. Oh, not get my PhD, but I'm but I'm busy enough. <laughs> Love to hear it. So yeah. unfortunately, we were talking about this earlier, but Dow was just eliminated from playoff contention. What are the days kind of looking like right now? Yeah, so I mean, we still have two games to play. We have uh, we play Acadia on Friday, and we play St. Mary's in our last game, which is the uh, the Lobster Cup on Saturday night, which will be senior night for some some graduating guys. Which is uh, you know obviously we're statistically eliminated, but um, I don't think any hockey player uh, goes into a game just thinking that, that they can put it on cruise control and just just cruise through. So um, still practicing, still working on our game and uh, and continuing to get better as a team, which uh, which is 
pretty pretty important as a program right now to, to not waste any time we have on the ice and uh, keep pushing forward. So I'm um, still practicing, still training, and uh, just looking looking to move forward as a group. That's good to know about that Lobster Cup. I'm calling that game Saturday. I didn't even know yeah, that. Yeah, it's a big one. So good, it's good it's to hear. One. <laughs> so your grow up in Enfield, Sean, were there any guys that you played with or like any big names now who you grew up with? In Enfield? Uh, no, not in Enfield. Um, I mean, in the hockey world, not really. Um, I mean, I, I grew up with a, a tremendous amount of good good buddies and, and good athletes. Uh, none of us made, made the bigs, though, so we're all uh, – pursuing pursuing uh later life things and uh guys are guys are working all over the city all over all over north america so uh there's some very successful individuals but uh none uh none in the hockey world or sport world hey it's always good to you know be in the workforce yeah. though like there's nothing yeah, exactly that. all that matters 100 yeah. so i played baseball against you and i know for a fact great athlete all around like provincially and playing triple a double a baseball so what made you like choose hockey as your sport yeah, I think uh, so. Basically, the story was I was born into a hockey family, a uh, little bit of baseball ties, not really any baseball ties at all. But uh, my be best friend growing up, uh, his name's Matt Turner, um, lived a couple houses down from me. I'm sure you remember Matt. Uh, lived a few houses down from me. And his father moved back from Mississippi, and uh, we were just out playing catch in, in, the, uh, in the driveway. And he said, well, boys, we should probably make a baseball team. So we made a made a ball team and that's when the East Hans Minor Ball Hockey Association was formed it was by Larry Turner, uh, Matt's father. Uh, many don't know that and he doesn't he doesn't like to take credit and doesn't get very much credit for it, but he did do that. Um, just shout out Larry because that's a, a huge program now and uh, it's kind of been overlooked that he was the founder of it. But um, so I just I just ended up falling in love with baseball, um, but it was always a second to me uh with hockey so hockey always came first um as much as i did love baseball and i was committed to baseball um i always knew in the back of my heart in the back of my head that uh hockey was going to be the path that i followed oh sorry where's the <laughs> little lighting light. issue we feel that we yeah feel that. oh i have my laptop on behind for some lighting there we go there that's go. the university budget <laughs> i gotta light yourself with a laptop big larry was a beauty man i always remember just yelling across the field it was like that's yeah. a, that's a, that's but, the Nova Scotia baseball right there. Oh, yeah. Hey, do you have any, like, favorite baseball memory? I know we're a hockey podcast, but I want to know what your favorite baseball memory is. Team, yeah. team. What's that? What's yeah, I, don't, I think uh, I think it's hard to pick a one memory. Like, I mean, I mean, for anybody, any any organized sports growing up, it's hard to pick a one exact memory. Um, but probably my favorite memory playing baseball was a couple years we had uh, the Memorial Tournament in East Hans in Enfield, and we only lived a couple of streets over from the ball field. So, um, obviously, when we played our games, we were there. But throughout the whole weekend, we were able to be around the field, helping out. Uh, I mean, doing maintenance on the field if we could help, helping out with canteen and, and just being involved with the community of the baseball. And obviously, we were children, so we were having a ton of fun messing around with other teams and uh, and and competing too. So. Um, that tournament that was hosted in our local community every year was probably probably my favorite time of the year every year. Um, was there any player or person you really looked up to in hockey or like someone who inspired you to play? Yeah, in hockey, I think like obviously um, my grandfather played in the uh, in the AHL for 14 years and, and is, a, is a massive role model in my life. So 
Um, he was a, a guy I could always turn to, um, reach out to him. If, if, uh, if I was struggling or if I was doing well, he would reach out to me. Um, it was just somebody I could always, uh, count on to, uh, to give me the right advice and point me in the right direction, whether that was in hockey, in life, uh, baseball, it didn't, it didn't matter. He was, uh, he was always there and he's, uh, he's a greatest role model for me through, throughout the entirety of my life. This might be, make you feel a bit old, but your uh, Q draft day was about seven years ago, 2015. You were drafted yeah. by Blainville, fourth round. Can you talk about your draft day, kind of like how it was spent? Yeah, so it was in Sherbrooke. And yeah, I don't love hearing that it was seven years ago already. Um, <laughs> I mean, I did play five years, but uh, I don't like that. But uh, so yeah, so it was in Sherbrooke and uh, I didn't have much expectations for it. I mean, I, uh, my draft year, I, I had a broken arm, um, missed quite a few games, didn't have an outstanding season, had a couple good tournaments at the Canada Games and the Q Combine, which I think helped my stock a little bit. Um, but you know, my parents drove up because we decided it was it was going to be a, a good memory um, getting drafted. Um, so Blaineville drafted me and uh, I remember walking down the stairs. I probably had biggest pit sweats you ever seen in your whole entire <laughs> life. I was through that blue suit and uh, I remember Joel Bouchard, the, the head coach of Blaineville, head coach, um, part owner, general manager, um, basically the whole entire organization um, was shaped around him. Uh, he just shook my hand and said, Am I like cursing? <laughs> he just said, he just said, are you fucking happy? And I just said, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm happy. And I was so nervous, but uh, yeah, it was a great day. And then ended up having to travel back the next day. I had, uh, I had exams two days after. So drove to Sherbrooke, got drafted, did all the post-draft um, operations, drove home and, and had some exams that I studied for in the, the back of my parents' uh, Hyundai Santa Fe. That's hilarious. Right. So you you start the season with Cole Harbor, right? Your 16-year-old yeah. year. So you leave to Quebec to play in Blaineville for the next half. Can that yep. can't be easy, right? So what was it like for you? Kind of go through your rookie season. Yeah. So uh, what happened was I was drafted 16, went to the under 17 team Canada camp, got injured in a hit from behind. I'm not sure why they decided to do it, but they took the teams and instead of playing three regular inter-squad games, they took one of them away and made it all small area games. And it was just a bloodbath. And I got hit from behind, hurt my neck pretty bad. So I uh, didn't get to compete at Blaineville camp. Was sent back to Cole Harbor um, just to develop whatever, find my game. And uh, I think I did that pretty well for the time that I was there. Uh, not sure the exact date I went out, but it was, it was pretty early. Um, played until Christmas. They let me go back and play in, I'm not sure what the, the Quebec challenge, I think it's called maybe the big tournament in Gatineau every year um, yeah. that, that uh, the good major major teams go to. They let me go play in that. And then I was brought right back to, uh, to Blaineville. So um, I think it was important for me to go back and play in midget. And if I was to do it again, I think I would have opted to stay in midget and develop another full year. And I know, I don't know if any kids are going to be listening to this, and, and obviously there'll be there'll be uh, there'll be people listening to this that are that are going to be faced with the same opportunity. But I don't think it's ever a bad idea to take that year at 16, even if you do want the status and you do want the track suits and you do want to be signed autographs. I think it's good to go back, take the time to really develop as a player and, and grow a little bit more than than you already have. Whether you think you're ready or not, I think it's good to take that year at 16, go back to midget, gain confidence find your game a little bit more, 
pay a little bit more attention to details. And then when you're ready to make that jump, you'll hit at 17 and have it have a lot more confidence. Yeah, well, that's a lot of travel, man. You yeah, said you went to Blaineville and back, Blaineville and back a couple of times. Yeah. So that's a lot for, you know, a 16-year-old just. Yeah. What were your parents saying about that? Were they yeah, kind of... they were. I mean, they were uh, they were along for the, the ride as well. So they were uh, um, they were happy for me, obviously a bit a bit nervous. Uh, you're sending your kid away for the first time. And uh, I remember the first time that I left left home to go to Blaineville, all I had was plane ticket and an address that said um just a random address and so it was we were about 25 30 minutes away from montreal so i flew into uh, montreal didn't never took a taxi before obviously i was 16 years old never had to order my own taxi so i had to do the airport by myself the first time get a taxi to a billet house which i've never been to a billet before mm-hmm. um and then I knocked on the door the first time and no one answered. So I sat on their front porch for four hours, confused, oh. not knowing what to do, didn't know who to call. Um, I don't speak French, so didn't really know what to do. Couldn't really contact the team because I was a little bit embarrassed. Um, but uh, it was just a crazy, uh, crazy kind of first travel day. And as, as a parent, I think that's a little bit intimidating when when uh, you see your kid having to deal with that uh, after being taken care of for the first 16 years of your life. So um, different for them, different for me, but good learning curve for all of us. Four hours on the yeah. doorstep, man. Do you think the team was yeah. Yeah, like rookie initiation? Singing yeah, the- they might have been. <laughs> that or the billets were trying to warm me up for the house. I'm not sure. <laughs> what were your billets like? Yeah, they were good. I had, uh, I was only there for, for a little while and I ended up trade coming, going to a different billet house, um, which fell in love living there and and uh it was just an amazing family um really took care of me and and, and things couldn't work out any better in my second billet house but um most of the billets that i had were, were fantastic actually all of my billets i had were fantastic so it was great you're um you people might not know this but you got traded for a couple pretty big names you got traded for drake batherson back when blaineville went on the run and you also got traded for tyler heinem uh did either of those trades like shock you was either one of them like expected yeah actually they're, they're both a little i i think i might have been uh not very knowledgeable as of the trade deadlines by the time i was traded uh for drake um like i said i said this on other podcasts and interviews but uh drake was at the world juniors um he was at the world juniors playing and i was in blaineville and we found out as a team that we were going to get drake to blaineville um one day so whether it was a friday night so i'm on facetime with drake saying and i had an empty room at my billet house i was i was telling him, oh this is gonna be great we're gonna we're gonna be able to live together we're gonna play together this is gonna be awesome another english guy from nova scotia is coming in and i and i had trained with drake before been training with drake before in the summer so i mean it was super exciting and and so i got in the car the next morning and obviously he wasn't thinking anything more of the trade and I got a call from my dad and he said, he said, Sean, I think he just got traded to Cape Breton for Drake. Man. And I just told him, I said, dad, dad, get off Twitter. That, that stuff's never correct. Like yeah. I'm not, I'm not even know how you get on that. And, uh, I got, I walked in the front door and I, and I had the, the finger pointing at me to come in and, and I got, I got told that I was getting traded. So I was a little bit surprised by that one. And then the one uh, for Heinem was a, a complete blindside. Um, not sure still not overly sure what the motive was behind it uh had a great team played 25 minutes plus a night killed penalties played power play 
did did my job. Everybody was happy with me. Coaches were happy with me. Um, the general manager at the time didn't live in the area. It was his first year as a general manager. He lived in Ottawa and had other other jobs on the go. Uh, not overly sure what is still don't understand his motive behind it. Um, but you know what? I've I've moved I've moved on from that one, and uh, and uh, it was it was a blindside. But I enjoyed the the remaining time in my junior career. Yeah, you guys had like similar points that that's, year. Yeah, that's awesome. so. Yeah, yeah. I, it it didn't uh, it, it didn't make any sense to me, coaching staff, the players, or anybody. But uh, it was uh, something that happened and, and something that uh, I was I was forced to deal with. So that's uh, what I did. Uh, we so you played for three pretty small markets. You played for Cape Breton, Blainville, Rouen, Oranda. Uh, you know, not huge markets such as like Halifax, Quebec. Can you talk about like playing in those three places? Kind of like what it was like playing in front of that kind of hockey city. Yeah, I think each one of them is so um, so different and uh, and unique in their own ways. Um, obviously, you're playing in Blainville. You're 25, 30 minutes away from downtown Montreal. Um, the fans are, I wouldn't say as passionate because they can take a 20 minute bus ride into the city and watch Montreal Canadiens. It, it really like, it's a good night to go out for them and, and to have fun, but I don't think the, the fan base has the same passion as the small cities do. Um, like if you look here in Halifax or, or in Cape Breton, Rouen, Noranda, those fan bases really grasp onto that team and they treat them as their own because that's what they have. And that's their, that's their source of entertainment in those cities is that's the biggest thing they have. So, um, yeah, I enjoyed playing a lot in the, in the smaller cities and, uh, Cape Breton was, was by far my, uh, my favorite place to play. Uh, who would you say your favorite player was to play in the queue? To play against? Or to play against and play with. Okay. So my favorite, sorry guys, I keep messing up this no, light. It's all good. It's all good. <clears throat> my favorite player to play against was, I mean, honestly, my favorite player to play against probably the guy that I don't notice because that probably wasn't that hard to play against him. But I would say the hard, if I was to say the hardest player to ever play against would be uh, um, Thomas Chabot was pretty good, but uh, Lafreniere was, was incredible. And I had uh, playing Cape Breton. I had, I wouldn't call it a privilege, but I had, I had uh, the role of trying to shut him down. So I played, <laughs> I played every minute of the playoff series against him. If he went on the ice, I went on the ice, and uh, we lost four straight. So you can oh, see how my say job how that went. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's he was uh, incredible, and I I know he's not having too much success at the NHL level yet, but uh, I can see it coming uh, very soon, and he'll he'll be a very strong player at that level. And I think my favorite player to play with. Um, there's so many of them. I enjoy playing with all of them. I'd say the guy that I stuck around, played with the longest, was uh, Kyle Havlina. We started together. I was a 16-year-old, or I was 17 when he started at 16 in Blaineville. We were traded to Cape Breton together, played for years there, and, and we've always uh, maintained contact and, and, and have a good friendship. So uh, he's playing at Concordia University now and has his own um hockey development program for youth in his community so he's a, he's a great guy and and uh and i can't wait to uh hopefully run past again with him again soon and who would be the toughest goalie you've ever played against what goalie when you looked on the schedule kind of made you go like oh shit we gotta play him <laughs> yeah i think uh player we play against right now is is uh his first name but mom petite 
Um, I, I don't usually try to try to pronounce all the French names, but because uh, I'm not good at it. But Montpetit was an incredible goaltender, and he was one of the goalies who was very good every night. But there was days that he could turn it on, and he was completely unbeatable. And, and you knew that kind of in the back of your head. But um, it was always fun trying trying to uh, to score on him and and get him out of the net because it's kind of the only way the only way he could have success against his teams. Yeah, I believe he played against Val or for Valdor and Victoriaville. If I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah. So he played in my division when I was uh, 16 to 18, and then he was traded to Victoriaville. Um, I think it was my 19 season. What would your top couple moments be playing in the queue, Sean? <clears throat> yeah. So top moments would be, um, I think one of my favorite ones ever was uh, was in my 16 year old season. I believe we finished 16th place or 15th place in the league and uh, ended up playing against Valdor, which Ruanda and Valdor won and two in the league. Um, we were 15th place with rookies like myself had kind of no business, no business competing. And we ended up going to game seven and winning in triple overtime um, against them. And I'm not sure if it still holds to this day, but, at that point, it was the biggest upset in CHL history, and the brink was packed, and uh, it was just uh, incredible, incredible atmosphere. So much fun as a team, and uh, I think that would be my favorite, favorite moment. We went to the finals when I was 17, lost against St. John, which was a nice journey, but a singular moment itself would, would be that, uh, that win against uh, Valdor. So after a great junior career, you head to Dalhousie, obviously. Why did you choose Dal, and uh, did you have any other options or even maybe pro deals? Yeah, I was thinking there was tons of options on the table, and and uh, it took me quite a while to decide. I wasn't a big fan of the recruitment process through the university uh, recruitment, but um, I was strongly considering Acadia, which I'm sure you guys are super familiar with the school. Um, big time kind of came down to Dalhousie and Acadia. And if I'm being quite honest, there wasn't a single reason why I decided Dalhousie. It just kind of ended up happening to be this way. Um, there wasn't uh, there wasn't a deciding factor or, or anything that pushed me one way or another. I just, at the end of the day, I, I chose to, to come to Dalhousie and I'm uh, grateful I made that decision. A little closer to home too. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, people don't really realize the workload that university athletes have. Can you tell me like your typical day as a Dow Tiger? Yeah, so um, we wake up six, practice at, uh, or wake up 6.30, practice at eight, practice depending on the day, uh, game before day or, or whatever day it is, hour, hour and a half practice. Um, then if there's training that day, we, we train. Uh, around 10 and then it's classes school uh writing papers doing assignments uh throughout the whole day um and then uh, game days are a little bit different it would be uh wake up uh, we don't have to report to the rink in the morning um like you do in junior just because you're gonna have a game at night you gotta have time to get your stuff done so um whether that's uh, school um taking care of some personal life things um exams anything anything you need to squeeze in before the game and then uh i mean around two o'clock i'll head down for a short nap and, and head to the rink around four so 
Um, pretty busy. I mean, there is times of the year that we, we do get to relax and it's not as stressful as, as the uh, student athlete title gives it. But uh, in, in exam season and, and when hockey's in crunch time, it, uh, it definitely piles on quick and guys are forced to, to manage their time uh, like professionals. Yeah, so there are a ton of Q alumni on Dow. 11 players played at least one game in the queue. Did you make it, did that make it easier for you to transition? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, most guys, most guys that you're going to play with, I mean, as long as you're not doing the cross country or, or changing, changing areas, you know, a lot of the guys. So whether I knew them personally or, or, or I knew them from, from just hearing names or, or being contacts through association, you uh, you kind of know who you're going in to play with, and and the transition is is made pretty easily from from junior to university, going from 68 games to uh, 30 games. The the tough part for university junior to university is, is picking up the the amount of education you're you're taking in. Uh, I only ever took two or three courses during junior junior semesters, and now you're taking five at a time. So uh, the workload gains gains a ton i notice you're always the first guy waiting to go out for warm-up always the first guy <laughs> waiting to go out to start the game like way ahead of everyone else like i see you like 10 minutes before the clock's out and you're just out there waiting to go do you have like a pre-game routine you kind of go through like are you superstitious yeah i i know you're not supposed to have too many superstitions and 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 all that but i am a hockey player at the end of the day it's uh i am superstitious i've just been doing that I've been doing that since uh, probably Bantam midget midget hockey. I've always been the first guy to the room. I'm not superstitious to the point where if somebody goes out in front of me, I'm gonna be a, a mess or or if I'm late. But it's just something I do. I get up, I, I get out of the room, and, and I I go take some time for myself before before the period or game starts. What music gets you fired up for games? Are you like the locker room DJ, or do you just kind of have your own? <laughs> no, I'm not the locker room DJ, and, I, and I've never been a guy to wear headphones either. I just, I just put a lot of faith in my teammates and, and uh, this year or since I've been at Dallas, it's been Brett Crosley and, and I'm not scared to give him a little heat if it's bad and, and I'll give him a little pump up if it's good. But uh, I kind of like, I kind of like some new school punk rock stuff. I like MGK. I, I like a little bit of, a little bit of the crazier stuff to get me ready for a game. And if, if I'm away from it, I'm going, uh, I'm going country. What's Crosley playing? He plays a little bit of everything. He he likes the rap a bit. I'm not a big rap guy. I have to give it to him a bit when he does that. He'll throw on some he'll throw on some rock or he'll throw he'll throw on pretty much anything. He tries to get into the EDM stuff. So um, I just like giving it to him anyways, and he gives it right back to me. So it's it's good fun before the game anyways. So a similar question from before. What's your favorite player to play with at Dell right now? At Dell, favorite player to play with. Like I said, all of them are great. I would say the player that I've been playing with most throughout my career is here at Dallas is, is a player that I've been training with since I was a kid. So Matt Green uh, is a good buddy of mine. Always, we always tend to find each other in the lineup. We always play together, um, penalty kill together, power play together, five on five together. So um, I, we've gained a good connection over that. And uh, it's a little bit easier to play with guys when, when you're good buddies with them and understand them as people who is who's your least favorite player to play against in the aus in the aus uh office guy to play against that one there's quite a few that i don't love playing against <laughs> i would say a good buddy of mine good 
buddy and maybe former, yeah, former person on the show, Peyton Hoyt. Wow. Is not a fun player to play against. No. He's just one of those guys who, when he's on the ice, you have to know about him because if he hits you, you're probably not getting up. And uh, I don't understand quite how he hits that hard, um, but he, he is one of those gifted guys that if he's 200 pounds, he hits with all 200 pounds of it and you feel all 200 pounds of it. So he's one of those guys that uh, is dangerous with the puck and, and incredibly dangerous without it. So um, my least favorite play to, player to play against, but not my least favorite guy by any stretch of the imagination. There you go. Can you give me your reaction to being named to that U sports team that played against the Canadian World Junior hopefuls? Just like what the experience was like for you? Yeah, I was super excited. I uh, and I, I've had a really tough year with injuries and sicknesses and and uh, everything under the sun that could go wrong. Seemed like it was going wrong this year for me as as a hockey player. Um, but that was uh, kind of a breath of fresh air, knowing that. Uh, I was still recognized as one of the better players in the league. And, and uh, I think sometimes leaving junior hockey and you're coming from a, a place where you're playing in front of thousands and, and people want your attention and people give you the attention and, and uh, you feel very special. I think sometimes when you step back and you play university hockey, you kind of lose that feeling of uh, a little bit of self-pride that, that you are a, a decent hockey player and, and people do want to watch you play. So it was nice for nice to be recognized and, and uh, feel that uh, feeling of wanted again. So um, I had a lot of fun and um, that world junior program is incredible. And those players um, we had, we were grateful to watch them play here in Halifax, but I don't think people understand really how good every single one of those guys in that hockey team is and, uh, and how much commitment it takes for those guys to be at the level that they are at that age. Did you play against Bedard? What was that like? Uh, unfortunately, no. So he didn't play. Um, my plus minus probably would have looked, looked a lot different uh, if we did play against him. But he was one of those guys that was going to be on the team, was going to be a first-line guy. Um, and playing against the U Sports All-Star team wasn't a priority for Hockey Canada to put Bedard or Wright out there. So we did. Uh, I did play against Fantilli and, and, a, and a couple – uh, 20 other amazing players that that uh, are going to have bright futures in professional hockey and, and most likely the NHL. So uh, it was a lot of fun, very challenging. And uh, I wish I would have been in a little bit better shape to skate with them. <laughs> uh, one last thing. I want to get your take on this. People always debate between what's better, the U sports or, you know, CHL. What's kind of your take on that? You played them both. So I just kind of want to know your opinion. Yeah, I think. I think it depends on what you're looking for in a hockey game. I think the people who really, who really understand and have a respect for the game of hockey um, would say U sports is a better hockey game. It's faster. It's stronger. It's a little less flashy. It's a lot more simple play. You got big men who are fast, strong in shape and uh, they don't have the, and $92,000 signing bonus sitting in their bank account. They're, they're working, they're working towards becoming better at hockey, but they're also working towards getting into the workforce and, and working towards a, a regular uh, everyday life. So it's a little bit more, uh, I would say less skilled, but if you're looking for the flashy toe drags, uh, crazy highlights and going to get autographs signed, well, the CHL is your place. You're going to have guys, one or two guys on a team that are going to sign pro contracts 
we're going to be NHL hopefuls and, and, and some places like we're privileged here to watch uh, Dume play. Um, he's going to be an NHL or it's great to go watch those guys play. But if you're looking for a total complete hockey package, maybe the U sports. Last question. I know this is an easy one, but who is the easiest guy to strike out in baseball? Oh, <laughs> easiest guy to strike out in baseball. Yeah. Well, my arm was feeling good. I'd say you. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I was waiting yeah. for it. I was waiting for it. <laughs> All right, Sean, you're a beauty, buddy. We appreciate you coming Thanks. on. Welcome anytime. Yeah. We appreciate you coming on and tell all your friends. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'd love to have them yeah. too. Any of your I buddies. appreciate you guys having me on and, uh, and I hope, uh, I hope this can bring some attraction and, and you guys can continue to grow. So right. let me know Unless if uh, there's anything I can do for you guys or, or reach out to players that if you guys need their contacts, just let me know. Appreciate that, Sean. Hey, yeah. guys, Dow Tigers are going to be a wagon next year. We're playing. They'll be a good yeah. team. So keep an <laughs> eye on the Dow Tigers. Thanks, that was John Miller of the Dow Tigers. Uh, Sean, great guy. Played baseball against him. Very humble dude. Yeah. Great interview. Like, he just, he, loved he was all about audiences. player development. And, like, I liked his point about, you know, taking that 16-year-old year and just playing in midget again, or U18, I guess. He seems like a super nice guy, yeah. Awesome guy. Uh, thank, thanks, Sean, for coming on again. Didn't like him calling me out saying I was the easiest <laughs> to strike out, but that's okay. I was kind of asking for it. Yeah. Uh, I got some weekend games for y'all. So, Quebec on Saturday beat the Buckton Wildcats 5-1. to one. Uh, Five different goal scorers for the Ramparts. James Malatesta, Daniel Agostino, Justin Robida, Theo Rochette, and Jeremy Langlaw scored for the Ramparts. There you go. Uh, Robida scores first in seven games, which shocked me when I yeah. saw it. Uh Five unanswered goals from the Ramparts after being down one nothing after the first. Uh, Will Russo, 24 saves. No surprise there. Oscar Plandowski, lone Wildcat goal. Uh, this game, five different goal scorers as well for the Rouen Aranda Huskies beating Drummondville 5-2. Daniil Borash, Dylan Gill, Tristan Allard, Edward Cornoyer, and Benjamin Brunel scored. Drummondville stormed back to make it 4-2 before Cornoyer's empty netter. Nino Tomov and Mark Olivier Beaudry scored for the Bolts. It was Beaudry's first goal, so congrats to Mark Olivier, former first-round pick. So, back in 2021. Once again, the Gatineau Olympique put up 11 goals, second time in two weeks. They're a scary team after getting Kidney, McDonald. They're, they're stacked. La Pena. Uh, La Pena. <laughs> they're Man, disgusting. unreal. They're so gross. Uh, Zach Dean, Sam Savoie, and Olivier Boutin each scored twice. Antoine Michel, Marcel Marcel, Colin Ratt, Alexis Gendron, and Cole Cormier all scored as well. <laughs> the usual Getting suspects. Getting out of breath here, man. The usual suspects. Uh, only six Olympics held off the score sheet. So yeah. Shots were 51-24 to 24 in favor of Gatineau, so that's, that's a good reason why. Savoie, five points. Dean and Marcel had four points each, and Tristan Ledeau had three assists. Uh, Alex Drover scored twice, and Vince Ellie scored the other for the Sea Dogs. Alex Drover, man. And Gatno's won nine of their last ten, actually, not eight of their last ten. So there you go. Uh, Olivier Charlo made fifteen saves for his first career shutout. Vincent Collar, Justin Poirier, and Mat- Matthias Malovsky scored there for the Drakkar. Charles Antoine Dumont was named the first star with a whopping zero points. <laughs> so I I would love to pick the three stars sometime. Yeah. Surely it can't be that. I'm hard. sure it's been over ten times where we went over these game recaps and they just had zero points. Uh, Remy Delafonte made 40 saves in the loss. So, good game for him. Yeah, there you go. 
I don't even think he was named a star. So, I don't see. Yeah, why not, could have why been not give it to that guy? Uh, Victoriaville, 5-2 against Valdor. Maxime Pellerin, two goals and two assists. Tommy Cormier, Will Fayette, and friend of the show, Thomas Belzeal, scored for the Victoriaville Tigre. Gabe Dagla, 30 saves in the win. You guys need to check out his YouTube channel because he's going to be unreal. Like, he made this back when he was in Bantam, and you don't really see it on the ice, but in his videos, it shows just how quick he is with his, like, his tee pushes and his slides. It's unreal. So check that out, uh, Gabe Dagla, on YouTube. Yeah, that was when he was, like, young, young, too. He, I think he was in Bantam because yeah. I thought he was well, young. Well, like, yeah. He, he was only in Bantam a couple of years ago. Yeah, because in his... Uh, it was like in his like basement doing all the yeah no it's it's crazy you guys need to check that out yeah. uh, we also got Bathurst losing to Blaineville four two man what a tough season for <laughs> both these teams yeah. actually yeah Blaineville had such high expectations at the start of the year trading you know Lawrence away and they didn't get Pat Gay traded Brady Schmidt too. traded Braden Schmidt so they weren't definitely weren't supposed to be sellers yeah. but sometimes that's how it works you just gotta you know, work with what you got. Yeah. Uh, Mike, Michael Dennis, Xavier Saracen, Max Struhl, and Alex Blaze scored for the Armada. Blaze is first of the season. Ben Allison and Bobby Orr scored for the Titan. Uh, that's it for Saturday. Sunday, we have Halifax beating Ramuski 6-1. I got to witness another Jordan Dume hat trick. Fourth of the season. I'm pretty sure I've been to three of them. <laughs> Atelio Biasca, Evan Boucher, and Brody Fournier scored for the others. Uh, Mooseheads game. Sorry, the Mooseheads have gotten points in 24 straight games. So not we said bad. that earlier. That's not bad. 21-0, one and one in that span, <laughs> and that streak started after they got. It was Larue's second game back that it started, and then they also got Lawrence and Doucette. So pretty impressive. Julian Balin scored the only Ramuski goal. Uh, Ramuski had the first goal, and then Halifax riled off six straight. That building was buzzing that day it was loud i don't think there was ten thousand fans like it said they had ten thousand fans it just didn't feel like it i think like, the world juniors got my expectations yeah, really the world high juniors was nuts, man. kate breton beating charlottetown four to one jacob newcomb sam johnson cam squires and ivan ivan scored for the eagles and oliver shatney 28 saves jacob roblard made 27 saves in the loss we've said his name a few times he's, he's he was out. he was signed by Charlottetown after being with Sherbrooke after they picked up Olivier Adam and he's been nothing but spectacular for Charlottetown. He had some big shoes to fill with yeah. Frankie LaPena. For sure. Michael Horth scored the only Islanders goal. Sherbrooke beat Rouen Aranda 5-1. Israel Menanskum scored twice. Cole Hawkins, Ethan Gauthier, and Jacob Rabanich scored the others. Menanskum three points. Olivier Adam 26 saves and earned the first star. Thomas Verdon scored the lone Huskies goal. He was an honorable mention for Rookie of the Month last month. Thomas Couture made 24 saves in the loss. He's a Acadia commit. Thomas Couture. Sherbrooke scored two empty netters, so it was 3-1 game. Yeah, we'll say it. Essentially. Yeah. Uh, close one here. Blaineville 5-4 over Valdor. Max Struhl scored again with 147 to play to get the win. Xavier Saracen, Michael Dennis... Justin Boissel and Thomas Paquette scored as well. Uh, big one for Paquette. Scores first career goal to tie the game at four. Charles Edward Gravel, 26 saves. Will Blackburn, 45 saves in the loss. Louis Robin, Charles Antoine Beauregard, 
uh, Antoine Legacy scored in his second straight game after he scored his first last game. And Zachael Turgeon scored the other. Bladeville outshot Valdor 50-30. to uh, We also got Bay Camo beating Chikudami 5-2. Down 2 nothing. Bay Camo scored 5. A lot of unanswered goals in this yeah, recap. It seems like it. Yeah, Mark sure. Antoine Sagan scored twice. Felix Gagnon, Vincent Collard, and Charles Antoine Dumont scored the others. 22 saves for Olivier Charlot. Sagan had three points. Charles Antoine Lavely, 26 saves. Fabrice Fortin and Felix Bedard scored the Sags goals. And Drummondville, this was a wild game. 2-1 to one against Bathurst. Uh, man, Drummondville. I think I read they lost eight of their last ten. And they have some big names. Like, they're not a pushover. They got, like, Riley Mercer. Uh, who Woodworth. else? Riley Mer Woodworth. Tyler Peddle. Maverick Lamoureux. Yeah. So they're not a pushover. They're no. a good team. I just can't believe they're... And they're That's not in a great division either. Yeah. Like, they're... I think Chikudami's in that division. Yeah, so it's... Yeah. Shawinigan's in that division. Well, with 12 or something games left, they obviously need to do something. I yeah. Know, well, they fired their coach which, 25 yeah. games in. Yeah, that which... Should have worked. Should have worked, yeah. After Jeremy Lapointe tied the game with six seconds to go, Xavier Fortin and Maxime Lafon scored in the shootout to win. Lafon scored in the 10th round of the shootout. Riley Mercer, 25 saves, along with nine in the shootout to give him 34. They don't count that in the stats, but 34. Mm -hmm. They should count that in the stats mm -hmm. because a save's a save. Yeah. Donovan Arsenault scored in regulation and the shootout. Uh, Fleming, Josh Fleming, 49 saves along with 8 in the shootout. And if my math's right, that's 57 saves. Arsenault has 8 points in 11 games since coming over in the kidney deal. Yep. So. Boosting him up. That's it for my game recaps. There you go. Um, as I'm now writing for Gatineau, I'm very excited for February, I think it's the 11th, uh, Battle of the Ottawa River, Gatineau against the 67s. Uh, right now, the 67s just clinched first in the OHL. They're good men. And there's still 12 games left, so Who's it's pretty impressive. Who's the 67s? Um, Tyler Boucher. He's a, he's a Montreal prospect, I don't think. Uh, going to forwards. Uh, Logan Morrison. They got some great names. Luca Pinelli, uh, he's draft eligible. Tyler Boucher, son of Brian Boucher. I'm not even trying to pronounce that or name that you just pointed he's from, to me. He's from Latvia, I think. Okay. Uh, Pavel Minch, Minchikov, he's 10th overall pick of Anaheim a while back. So they're a good team. Jack Mattier, he was at the... World Juniors? Yep, World Juniors. Yeah. So they'll be, that'll be a good game. They play like two games. And so yeah. looking at the standings, West Division, Gatineau is starting to run away with the division. Uh, 68 points compared to Rouen around to 62. Uh, Sherbrooke is, can't do math right now, three points up on Victoriaville, Shawinigan, and Drummondville. So Drummondville's seven points back of Shawinigan for that that's a big, that's third a big spot. Up, though. Yeah, that's, they have two games in hand, but yeah. uh, Quebec's already clinched a playoff spot. I believe they were the first to do so. Uh, 83 points, and the next best is Ramuski with a whopping 54. <laughs> uh, tied with Shakutami for second in that division. Ramuski has a game in hand, and Bay Camo at the basement of that one with 46 points. 
Maritime Division, Halifax, 30 points up on Moncton. And then you got Cape Breton, Charlottetown, Bathurst, and St. John separated by five points for third. There you go. So I said earlier, you've got St. John and Bathurst would miss the playoffs if they start today. However, Drummondville, Drummondville, Cape Breton, Valdor, Charlottetown, Bathurst, and St. John are all separated by seven points. It's going to be an interesting, yeah, it should be, should interesting, be interesting end. For sure. I'm going to pull up the league stats here. I'm pretty sure Jordan Dume is still yeah. first in almost everything. We're almost used to it by now. Jordan Dume, 91 <laughs> points to lead. Uh, Alex Doucette, 80 points. Tied with Zach Bulduke for second. Alex Doucette, 40 goals. Three ahead of Jacob Melanson of the Phoenix. 56 assists for Jordan Dume. Uh, we also got in goal... Anthony Hamill leads the league in penalty minutes, in case anyone was interested. <laughs> there you go. Um, goals against average. Will Rousseau with 2.0. Alexander Marchand, I'm pretty sure he's played one game, so that doesn't yeah, count. Yeah, that doesn't really count. Save percentage, Nathan Darvaux, 930. Him and Gabe Dagla have a 930 and a 921. I said at the start of the year, good duo. They're going to be Very a good great duo. duo, man. Mathis Rousseau leads the league in wins with 26. 24 behind him is Will Rousseau. No relation, as far as I know. And Will Rousseau is tied with Patrick Hammerlove Ramuski for shutouts with four. There so, you go. anything you got to say? Anything else? No. I'm excited what uh, 12, 12 games left. I'm excited what goes down. Should be interesting for sure. I want to thank Sean Miller for coming on to the podcast with us. I just want to double check how many games they play in the queue because I'm pretty uh, sure. It's... I, I'm just saying 12 because you said 12. <laughs> well, that's why I'm wondering. <laughs> but some around there. We'll say it. But yes, we thank you, Sean, for coming on. Um, we He was a great interview. We hope you guys enjoy it. It doesn't tell me how many games yeah. they play. Whatever. It's all good. Oh, it's 68. That's what it is. 68. So there's actually 18 games left for most yeah. teams. So, there you go. sorry about that little buffer. <laughs> but. We are, as always, thank you guys for watching. Follow our Instagram, QReview underscore pod. Our Twitter, QReview underscore pod as well. Uh, we're now on YouTube, so you'll be able to watch all our interviews and our podcasts live. So that should be posted Thursday night. And once again, brought to you by Barely's House of Blues and Ribs, downtown Halifax. We will see you guys next week. Thanks, guys. <laughs>